The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. This show is going to be dedicated to prepping. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving. So I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show comes to you from the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show is aired on KYAH, AM 540 in Delta, Utah, Utah's Talk Authority. Also, the show can be heard on 89.3 FM, Key Radio in Osage Beach, Missouri. And on shortwave, tune in to frequency 7.490 WBCQ, Monticello, Maine. This show is also available on demand as a podcast on Anchor, Spreaker, Podpoint, and Podpage. And be sure to visit the website at offgridliving.faith. And I really do appreciate you joining me today. Thanks for joining me today. Good to have you aboard. Well, today is going to be all about prepping. And I think that we need to get very serious about the subject of food. And I mean very serious. A lot of people have been misled into thinking that all they need to do is have a week, a month, six months supply of food and then they're going to be able to survive the disasters that I feel that are truly coming and the more time goes by the more that's obvious to me that the world has changed to the point of no return and the new normal hasn't been decided yet but unfortunately the old normal seems to be dead and gone Now, before you think that I'm just being a fear monger, I want you to really pay attention to the facts and things I'm going to give you in this show. And I'm going to really focus on food. I might touch on a few things here and there along the way. But primarily, I want to talk about food. If you don't have the ability to have sustainable food, 
I think you're potentially in trouble. And I feel that if the catastrophes start, they're going to manifest really fast. And there's going to be a lot of people in this world who are going to perish. And I don't think it's going to get any easier as time goes by, but I think that you're going to have less competition as time goes by. I know that sounds very callous and crass, and I'm not meaning to be. I'm just being a realist here. The more people perish, the less people there are going to be for competing for resources. But I think that's at the core of this whole man-made mess. The so-called elites want all of the resources for themselves. And so the common people are nothing more than things in their way, something to be eliminated. And I think that they want to see mankind, for the most part, exterminated. And so that's where I base everything that I'm going to tell you, that I think that it's a planned kill-off. I think it's genocide like this world has never seen. And I think that every month that passes after the catastrophes really start, your chances of survival are better on one hand because of less competition, but they're worse on another hand because I think that things are going to get out of control to the point where it's going to be like an avalanche on a very high mountain. Once the avalanche starts, you don't know how far it's going to go. You don't know how much snow is going to join the avalanche. You don't know how big this avalanche might get. But with world events like the way they are, I think the avalanche is imminent. I think it's right here. And a lot of it is coming out of Europe. Just like World War I and World War II totally devastated the entire planet, World War III seems to be festering there as well. But we can't forget China and their ambitions and what's going to happen between them and Taiwan. And, of course, you see that Israel is trying to pick a fight with Iran, and the United States is trying to pick a fight with Iran, China and Russia all together. It's just mad chaos in its massive insanity all the way around us. And we, the people, the common people of the world, there's nothing that we can do about this. There's absolutely nothing that we're going to say or do that's going to change anything because I really do believe that we're dealing with massive insanity. And how do you deal with massive insanity? I don't know. But you do have to prepare yourself and try to make you and your family be as safe and secure as possible during these hard times. And I do lots of research, and also I'm a student of history. And I see a lot of things getting ready to, I'm going to say repeat, but I also believe that Mark Twain was right, that history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. And I think those are words very well spoken. So I think that it's not going to be the exact same thing as World War I and World War II. But some of the same common denominators are recognizable. And with Russia shutting off all supplies of natural gas to Europe, Europe is in massive trouble. The second largest steel plant in the world is located in Germany, and it's shutting at least half of their plant down. I've heard that they're shutting the whole plant down, but I also have heard that they're only shutting half of it down. But the reason they're shutting it down is that they don't have the energy 
to run their plants. Now, they could probably buy extra energy and have it imported, but it would cost way too much, and they'd price themselves out of business. And so they're shutting down indefinitely. And you look at the computer chip problem we have, where we get a lot of our computer chips out of Taiwan. That is so fragile. One little stumble with China, and our supply line to the computer chips is totally gone. It's just destroyed. And don't think for a minute that China doesn't know this. And don't think for a minute that Russia doesn't know that by shutting off the gas to Europe, that they are, in effect, destroying Europe. You couple that with our southern border and people coming through at alarming rates where we don't have the resources and the food banks and stuff to take care of our poor and the people in need in this country. We're bringing in millions more hungry people. And so things are not good. And lots of people ask me, what are my sources? Well, I tell you, I listen to several people and I read several people. But primarily in this show... My source for a lot of my information is from Michael Snyder. And Michael Snyder has a website called themostimportantnews.com. And I don't know Michael Snyder. I'm not affiliated with him in any way, shape, or form. It's just that he seems to be a voice of reason. A lot of people think he's a fear monger. A lot of people think that he just is a doom and gloom guy. But I think he's a realist. And I get an awful lot of information from Michael Snyder. And I want to talk about an article that he posted September 5th of 2022. A list of 33 things we know about the coming food shortages. And so I'm going to go ahead and use this as reference. And I'm going to talk about this. Because if we don't wake up right now, If we don't get deathly serious about what's about to happen or what I think is going to happen, then there's a lot of people going to suffer. And I think we're all going to suffer anyway. But I really think that we need to understand that even if we think that we're awake, we need to be totally 100% wide awake. And you better have plans for what's coming because it's going to hit us like a tsunami. And Michael Snyder starts out his article by, Things are far worse than you're being told. They're far worse. And, you know, I believe him because in my independent studies of listening to other people and looking at other statistics, I've come to the same conclusion. Now, I can't write as well as Michael Snyder or put things in perspective as well as he can. That's why I'm going to use his article. Because I think this is very crucial for this information to get out. And so I think if you're serious about surviving this upcoming global storm, you better pay attention. It seems like that most people don't seem to understand that food that isn't grown this year, because of the drought and all the problems we've had, is not going to be on the shelf next year. And so next year is already set up for food shortages. And when I mean food shortages, I'm talking about in the Western world. But food shortages in the first world mean mass starvation and famine in the third world. And so there's an awful lot of people that are going to suffer and die because of the droughts that are worldwide. And they're not just in the United States. There's horrible droughts in Europe 
and in Asia, and heat waves that have never been seen before in a lot of places in the world. And the crops are suffering. A lot of crops have died, and the ones that haven't died are suffering, and they're not going to yield very much. And I'm going to just hit you with the 33 things off of themostimportantnews.com. Number one out of the 33, the winter wheat crop in the United States in 2022 was the smallest since 1963. And that's very significant because since 1963, there's been so many different hybrids and so many different improvements with wheat as far as yield that we had to have a massive, horrible crop to be as small as 1963. But here's the scary part. In 1963, there were 182 million people in the United States. Now our population is 329 million. Do the math on that. And then ask yourself, how many products contain wheat? Number two, the rice harvest in California is going to be half of what it is in a normal year. And so there are two grains right there that are going to be scarce. The tomato harvest is going to come in over a million tons lower this year than during a normal year. And so if you use tomato paste and tomato sauce and things like that, you better stock up because the tomato harvest was awful. Number four, this will be the worst U.S. corn harvest in at least a decade. So there goes another staple, another grain that's being hit real hard. And keep in mind that this is 2022. All of the grains that I'm talking about that will be in the food chain as far as for human consumption, we're talking for 2023 because they have to process it and get it ready for consumption. And so all of these things I'm talking about are going to affect 2023 horribly. Number five, up until right now, shipments of carrots in the United States are down 45%. So carrots are almost in half. Number six, sweet corn. Up until this point in the year, shipments of sweet corn are down 20%. Now, 20% may sound manageable, but when you talk about all of these other things that are happening on top of it, that's just another erosion of our food supply. Number seven, year-to-date shipments of sweet potatoes are down 13%. And also, number eight, shipments of celery are down 11%. Peach production in the United States is down 15% from last year. And number 10, almost three-quarters of all the United States farmers say that this year's drought is hurting their harvest. That's 75% of the farmers are getting hurt by this drought. And I could attest to that because I'm in agriculture. I'm going to tell you something. I'm extremely concerned about how I'm going to feed my livestock because the hay crop, and that's primarily what I harvest is hay, was just non-existent. Oh, sure, there's some hay in the country, but not much. And we happen to be in a spot where it rained just a little bit, just enough to give us a dab of hay. But just starting 40 miles west of my location, they didn't hardly have any hay at all. And so what little hay that is here is being bought and shipped out of here. And so we were already dangerously low here in my area 
for feeding livestock. But now, I don't know how it's going to be done because people that have the money in other areas are coming in and they're buying it right out from under our nose. Now, I know some people are making some really good money selling hay, and I do understand the commerce of it. But the consequences is, is I think that while some people could have managed to get through this winter here, and I'm talking about by very good management because it's going to be tough, a lot of people that were relying on buying some supplementary hay, there's none to be bought here. It's all been sold. It's gone. And I don't begrudge the people for searching for hay to feed their livestock and coming in and buying it here. I have no problem with that. It's just, it's going to spread the misery. So I'm going to tell you this, this drought has really, really hurt this country massively bad. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. And number 11, the total number of cattle in Oregon because of the drought is down 41%. Number 12, same reason, drought. The total number of cattle in New Mexico is down 43%. Same reason, the drought, number 13. The total number of cattle in Texas is down 50%. Texas is known for having millions and millions of cattle. They're down 50%. Can you see where beef prices are going to eventually get to? As a matter of fact, number 14, one beef producer in Oklahoma is now predicting that ground beef could eventually top $50 per pound. $50 per pound. Now, does that sound absurd? Well, of course it does. But in this crazy, brave new world that these globalists are forcing on us, and they want us to eat bugs, they would love it to go to $50 a pound so no one could afford it, and they would break that entire industry. And then you could eat Z-bugs, because that's what Klaus Schwab tells us, we have to eat Z-bugs. And of course, by 2030, we're to own nothing and be happy. And part of us owning nothing is making us totally dependent on Big Brother to take care of us, because Big Brother is destroying the economies of the world. And I'm going to take a second away from this article, and I'm going to give you an opinion. My opinion is, is that it's no coincidence, this heat wave, the massive droughts, and then in Pakistan, they've had massive floods that have washed away 75, 80% of their crops have been destroyed or damaged. And so if it hasn't been drought in one place, it's floods in another. And it's my opinion, all of this is man-made. I think they can manipulate the weather. I think they're using that as a weapon. And I see that in my area, the insect activity is way down. Small animal activity is way down. The little things that you kind of take for granted that you become so used to you don't notice anymore. If you take the time and start noticing all the things that are missing and all the things that aren't right, 
it very much gets alarming. So I think all this food shortage and all of this is all planned genocide. And so, therefore, that's why I'm putting this show together as strong as I can. I want you to get it through your mind that this is no coincidence. We have been lied to. We've been had. We have to understand that the only people that can save us, as far as people on this planet, are ourselves. Maybe a close-knit community can pull together, but relying on the state or federal government is probably the worst thing you can do. If you sit back and say, well, they wouldn't let us starve, think again. If they don't have any food to give you, they're not going to give you any food. It's just that simple. And so you want to make sure that you're not in a food line. Being in a food line is going to be probably the most dangerous place you can be in the United States within the next two years. Again, that's my opinion. And so it is my wish for my listeners to be able to stay out of food lines. Do not rely on your local food bank to get you through this. Because even if they have food, the chances of you getting clobbered over the head and possibly killed for a loaf of bread if they're starving people in a food line is very great, especially with the drug-induced crazies we have in this country right now. Back to the article. Number 15. At least 40% of the United States has been suffering from drought conditions for 101 consecutive weeks. And as I do this show, we're starting to creep into the middle of September, and it's been 100 degrees in central Nebraska the last several days, and I've been out trying to harvest hay in weather that has no wind and no clouds, and it's over 100 degrees. It's been brutal here. And this time of year, normally, you have 75 to 80 degree weather. But right now, we're still in a horrible heat wave. And the farther west you go, the worse it is. But I'm going to tell you again, it's my opinion, this is definitely planned and the weather is being manipulated. Number 16. Overall, this is the worst multi-year drought in the United States in 1,200 years. And number 17, Europe is currently experiencing the worst drought that it's seen in 500 years. In some parts of Central Europe, there's rivers that have stones that are in the rivers. And traditionally, if those stones come above water to where you can see them, they call them hunger stones. And there's hunger stones being revealed for the first time in centuries all over Europe. In other words, the rivers are going so low that stones that are normally well underwater are now exposed. Number 18. Corn production for the entire European Union is going to be down as much as one-fifth in 2022. Number 19. We're being warned that there will be crop losses in France up to 35%. It's been projected that crop losses in some areas of the United Kingdom could be as high as 50%. And number 21, it's being reported that there will be crop losses of up to 50% in some parts of Germany. And some farmers in Italy have already lost up to 80% of their harvest. Number 23, agriculture production in Somalia will be down 80% this year. And number 24, in eastern Africa, 
The endless drought has already resulted in the deaths of at least 7 million animals. 7 million. And in China, they're facing the worst drought they've ever experienced in recorded history. And China has a very, very long recorded history. And number 26, India normally accounts for 40% of the global rice trade. But we're being warned that production in India will be way down in 2022 due to considerable rainfall deficits in key rice-producing states. So we can't count on India to pull up some of the slack here. Number 27, and I mentioned this earlier, a third of the entire nation of Pakistan was underwater after, re after recent floods and absolutely devastated that nation. And it goes on to say that agriculture areas were hit particularly hard. And as a result, the vast majority of the crops in the country have been washed away. And according to the Pakistan foreign minister, uh, he claims that 80 to 90 percent of the country's crops have been damaged by the floods. Now, earlier I said 70 to 80. Uh, I've heard both numbers. But the Pakistan foreign minister should be a pretty good source. And so you're going to have massive starvation in that country. Number 28 the prices of some fertilizers have tripled since 2021 and other fertilizers have actually quadrupled in price. Number 29. One payment company is reporting that the number of Americans using their app to take out short-term loans for groceries has risen by 95%. That's amazing. Number 30. Demand at U.S. food banks is now even worse than it was during the height of the COVID pandemic. I'm going to tell you right now, demand is going to far outweigh supply, so do not count on the food banks. Now, God bless the people that work in food banks and the people that supply the food for the food banks, but there's just going to be way too many people and not enough food. Number 31. The World Health Organization is telling us that millions of people in Africa are now potentially facing a very real possibility of starving to death. Let me repeat that. The WHO is reporting that millions of people in Africa are now potentially facing the very real possibility of starving to death. They didn't say of going hungry, they say of starving to death. In 32, according to the World Food Program, 828 million people around the world will go to bed hungry each night. That's a lot of people. And number 33, the United Nations Secretary General has publicly stated that he believes that it's likely that there will be multiple famines in 2023. And so Michael Snyder and myself and others like us aren't the only ones talking about this. This seems to be something that we need to take very, very seriously. Because you add all these up, if only 5% of what I reported has an effect on the food supply, that could be catastrophic. If half of this is going to affect the food supply, then we're going to see famines worldwide. What happens if all or most of these 33 things affect the ability to get food on your table? Can you see the urgency of getting yourself really prepared? And when I say really prepared, I truly mean 100% prepared all the way.
every way that you possibly can. I think this is going to go much deeper than food. I think we're going to have problems getting prescription medicines. I think we're going to have issues with computer chips. I think we're going to have issues with civil unrest. I think that we're in a world of hurt here. I think that the world is like in a pressure cooker with no pressure relief valve. And so when things blow, they're going to blow. They're going to blow hard and fast. And if you don't have yourself prepared mentally, spiritually, physically, in every which way that you can prepare, then you potentially are in a lot of trouble. And I wish the best to all of my listeners. And so pardon me if you think I'm being a fearmonger. But I have to tell you what I feel is the truth. I don't produce this radio show just to hear myself talk. I truly want to make a difference. Because if I can get one family to be safe because they heard my words and prepared, then I've done my job. Well, I would hope that everyone that hears my words would take me serious and would actually do something about this information I'm giving you. Unfortunately, that won't be the case. There's going to be some people that are just going to scoff and say, ah, it's not going to get that bad. If you're one of those, I hope you're right, and I hope that I'm wrong. But I don't think I'm wrong. And I think that I have an awful lot of research and a lot of confirmation that what I think is going to happen is truly upon us. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about prepping. We're going to talk about maybe having some solutions. We're going to talk about the things that might happen if we lose our food supply. We're going to talk about things that we need to prepare for. If you enjoy the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show, I would ask that you consider donating to the show to help cover expenses because we don't get paid here. This is all done by donations. And we do not take anything online as far as PayPal or any of that because of all the censorship. Not that they have shut us off. It's just I'm not going to give them the opportunity. So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way by mail check, money order, or if you want to put cash in a secure envelope, we would appreciate any donation, any size. Just send all your correspondence to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143, and your support is greatly appreciated. This next song was recorded in 1902 by the Edison Military Band. America, played by the Edison Military Band. Replace fear with faith.
Replace pessimism with hope. Replace despair with determination. And don't be afraid to rely on God and step out on the sea. Welcome to part two of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun, and today I'm focusing on prepping. Now, prepping for what? In the first part of the show, I was using Michael Snyder's article that lays out 33 signs that 2023 could possibly be a year of famine. It's definitely going to be a year of high prices, and also it seems like a year of empty shelves. But I think that's the new normal as far as what these globalists, these elitists, I think that that is in their plan. Again, it's my opinion. I think that mankind is going through a massive extermination event. And if you don't think that these globalists, these quote-unquote elitists, if you don't think that they're that evil, all you have to do is look at this death jab, this COVID vaccine that is not a vaccine. They have destroyed the lives or killed millions of people worldwide with their safe and effective death jab. And a lot of these people that have two and three shots and get all their boosters, they're just slowly dying. And I think within the next several years, it's going to be pointed out that the world lost more people in that period than any time in the history of the world. And on top of that, you take all these other plagues that, my opinion again, I think they're being unleashed upon us from some very, very corrupt and evil people that call themselves scientists. Now, why do I think that? Well, look at the Ukraine. Now, I do believe Russia on this, and I do believe that Ukraine and Russia both are lying as much as they can, because that's what you do in war. You try to keep everyone baffled. But I really do believe the report of all those multitudes of illegal laboratories that were funded by NATO and the United States in Ukraine. They were biolabs that had all sorts of nasty substances that they were experimenting on. And so I think that's one of the reasons that the United States is throwing billions and billions of dollars at Ukraine, is because I think the United States was caught red-handed violating almost every treaty that's ever been drawn up 
that the United States signed by having some of the things they have in these biolabs. And so I think that we need to prepare for anything that could be coming as far as a pathogen or some sort of disease. And they're poisoning our air with chemtrails. They're poisoning our drinking water with fluoride and other things that who knows. I've seen videos of people, mainly in the UK, finding this graphene oxide in all sorts of products. Now, I don't know whether they're putting it in there and they're trying to get a little fame. I don't know if it's for real or not, whether it's something that they're doctoring up. I have no way of knowing. But it seems like that the evil people in charge really want to get this graphene oxide into everyone's system. And so they're throwing everything at us, including the kitchen sink. And so the average person doesn't even know where to start as far as prepping. And then when you add on top of that the threat of nuclear war and radioactive fallout and a possible nuclear winter if we have a full exchange of all sorts of nukes. The world is not a pretty place right now. It is not a great place to be. But it's still not too late as far as coming out on the other side and help to rebuild what these evil people are destroying right now. It's going to take people with grit and determination, intelligence, and stamina. Those are the people who are going to rebuild this entire world. And I'm going to tell you right now that these globalists, elitists, they're going to fail. Now, this is just my opinion, but I think these elitists, these globalists, I think that they've already failed in their task. I think this COVID-19 nonsense was nothing more than a ploy to get everyone to obey and be under the control of these elitists. And I think their plan has backfired on them. And I think they know it has. And so the next step is massive war or massive plagues or massive starvation and massive crop failure that I think is due to the fact that I think we have some scientists that can manipulate the weather. And I think they're making sure that the food supplies are cut way down. Now, I can't prove that there are scientists that are controlling the weather. Again, it's just an opinion. But through my research, in my heart, and in my spirit, I have no doubt whatsoever that our weather's being manipulated in a very evil way. And these people talk about man-made climate change. Well, the ones that are crowing about it and saying that we need to stop it, well, they're the ones who are doing it. And that's their cover. They sit there and act like they're all pious and they're all, they all act like they're totally guiltless and they act like they're just the good guys, they're the white hats, when in fact, they're the ones causing all the destruction. But if they feel if their voices are loud enough that they're screaming against what they're doing, that no one will look to them as being the culprits that are actually doing it. But we have an awful lot of issues there. Now, what I think is going to happen as far as the food shortages, I think it's going to lead to massive civil unrest. You already got illegitimate Joe Biden declaring war on at least half of the United States, saying that we're a threat to democracy. And these idiots don't even know that we're not a democracy. We never have been. We're a representative republic. And so anyone that talks about saving our democracy, in my opinion, is ignorant is either a liar, spreading disinformation, or is just stupid.
because we have never been a democracy. We are a representative republic. And so any talking head that goes on and talks about saving our democracy, know that they've just tipped their hand, that they are part of the problem. They're not part of any solution. And so anyone that calls the United States a democracy, even though it's a democratic form of government, it's not a democracy. Anyone that calls it that immediately loses all credibility with me. Now, what should we expect? Well, I think massive civil unrest. Because I think that since Joe Biden gave his speech, there's a lot of leftists that are getting all over social media that are actively touting that they want a civil war. And some people are even threatening that if people don't vote for Democrats, there will be a civil war. And it's not the people on the right that are talking about a civil war. It's the people on the left. And they're pushing hard. And it seems to me that there's an awful lot of issues that are taking place that don't need to be. But we have an awful lot of instigators. And all it's going to take is one hothead on either side to do something very rash to kick something off. And I think the frustration and hatred is getting so deep between the political ideologies in this country. I think that if it turns into a kinetic conflict, I think it's going to be extremely ugly. But again, I think it's all planned. I think it's a mass extermination event. And I don't really think these globalists care how they carry about their annihilation of the human race. Whether it be famine or pestilence or war, they don't care war against who. They don't care if it's war against each other or war against Russia or China. They simply don't care just as long as people are dying. And again, that's just my opinion. So I think we need to prepare for massive civil unrest. So I think your personal protection needs to be in order. I think you need to make plans for almost anything that can happen. I think you need to think outside the box and at least get your head around the issues as much as you can and be willing to be flexible in your plans. Because if you're not flexible, everyone knows that plans go out the window rather quick in a conflict. Even though they're great to have and they, get, and they keep your head in the game, they need to be flexible. And we're coming in on winter. I know that it's 100 degrees out right now as I record this. But winter is right on our doorstep. And also, this drought has killed an awful lot of the opportunity for anyone to go forage. And so we're leaving foraging season. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say it's pretty well officially done around here, just for the fact that almost all of the plants that you would forage for have dried up. There just isn't anything to forage. But if you live in an area where you still can go forage, I think you at least need to learn how and forage enough food to learn how to use it. Because it's going to take a little bit of a learning curve to go from grocery store food to gardened food and to go from gardened food to foraged food. There's a total difference all the way across the map. And for most people, their bodies are not used to fresh fruits and vegetables. And so food from the garden is actually so good for them but it might upset them. And that goes double for the foraged plants because most people have never eaten any of these plants that you forage for food. That doesn't make them weird, doesn't make them bad, doesn't make them anything. It just makes them different. 
And so I really think people need to start experimenting with whatever they can forage. And I know I have several listeners who have, they've been very diligent in foraging and learning how to do it and preserving the things they foraged. And to those people, I say, God bless you. I think that's the most wonderful thing. And if my program has helped encourage that, then again, I've done my job. Because I really think that it's going to be up to us as an individual to be able to take care of ourselves and our families. And I know I've said this on several programs, and I'm going to say this again. A lot of people don't have the money to buy the store-bought prepper food because that food can get very expensive. And if you can only afford, let's say, three months' worth of food, then what? Because three months will get you down the road, but I think it's like kicking the can down the road. I think we need to make decisions to where we can be sustainably fed through our own efforts. That means gardening and foraging. And if you have the ability to to raise chickens or rabbits or larger animals, if you have the property, I think that would be a great plan. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't have that option. And what I've recommended in the past, I'm going to recommend again, because I think it's a great plan. While it's still available, Dry rice, buy it in bulk, buy it by the bag, like 50 pounds at a time. Dry beans, same way. And you can buy black beans or pinto beans. And if you want to have a change of pace, get some dried split peas and maybe some lima beans. But buy this by the 50-pound bag if you can. And know that anything dry like that, once you put it with water and cook it, you're going to get three times the amount. So if you buy a 50-pound bag of rice, you're going to get 150 pounds of food out of that. And an average person could go through a bag and a half of the rice and beans and, and some of the other dried grains. So if the average person would have three bags of everything I'm going to recommend, well, first of all, you're going to get awful sick of eating it, but you're going to be alive and you're not going to be hungry. I'd get three 50-pound bags of rice. I'd get three 50-pound bags of beans. I'd get one 50-pound bag of lima beans or split peas. I would get a bushel of wheat and a bushel of rye. And if you can, a bushel of barley. And one thing you can do with these seeds that you're going to buy as far as the wheat and the rye and the barley, you can sprout those seeds and eat them as greens. You can also sprout some of your beans. And sprouts are a way to greatly enhance the nutritional value of these seeds. And of course, you're going to have to have a way to grind these seeds or process them so you can eat them. But I would get 50 pounds of oatmeal as well. And of course, you would want to buy sugar and salt and pepper, yeast and baking powder and baking soda, and buy enough of those products to where you could bake your own bread and do everything you need to for an entire year. Now, I don't know how much this is going to cost, but it'll be a lot cheaper than anything else you can do. And I know that canned meat, as far as from the grocery store shelf, is not the best for you because of all the preservatives. But canned ham or canned roast beef or corned beef, and if you can afford it, buy a case or two of as many varieties of meat that you can store. And of course, it's obvious if you have it in cans, you don't need to refrigerate it. 
And I think that if things get really bad, we're going to lose our ability to refrigerate our food because I think the power grid will go down. And if you're off-grid and producing your own power, you're in a much better situation. You can buy cans of tuna and salmon. You can get Vienna sausages. You can get canned turkey breast and canned chicken breast. There's an awful lot of products out there that you can vary your diet with. But primarily, beans and rice are going to be your primary diet if things really go downhill and you don't have the money to outfit yourself out in a more glamorous way. But one thing you can do to augment your beans and rice is to have a nice shelf full of spices. And another thing that I think you should do is learn how to render your own lard. And that's pretty easy. You go to a butcher shop and you buy the fat or the tallow and you cut it in one inch squares. You put in one cup of water in a large size skillet and add a pound or two of this tallow. And you cook it down until the pieces of fat become golden brown and fully cooked and crunchy when you take them out. Those are called cracklins, which are a great snack you can enjoy after you render your lard. Then you take your liquid that's left and you pour that into a jar or some sort of container. And then you let it sit for several hours to cool. And then you have lard. I think everyone needs to learn how to do things like that. But I do suspect that this world is going down and going down hard and going down very soon. And again, I hope that I'm wrong. And my purpose is not to upset anyone. I don't want anyone to be scared or live in any fear. Because the Bible tells us not to live in a spirit of fear. And the Bible says, fear not. But I think part of that fear not, in my opinion, is be prepared. Be prepared for anything and everything, 24 hours a day. Just do your best each day. Try to make yourself a little more prepared every day for the possibility of social unrest and food shortages and everything that comes along with that. Before I get back to today's topics, I'd like to invite each and every one of my listeners to send me an email. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. Jim at offgridliving.faith. I really need to know who's listening and where you're listening from, whether it's by shortwave or podcast or on AM or FM radio. Even if you just pop me an email and say hi, I would appreciate it. And as always, I invite listeners, give me some suggestions of topics that they'd like to hear me cover. I would really appreciate that. Once again, my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. And also, please visit the website, and the website is offgridliving.faith. And also, you can find links to even more information, and also, every one of my shows is uploaded on the website. Now I'm going to get back onto the topic of prepping. I think that all people need to prep in every which way that they can. Everything from food and electricity and fuel for winter and also cooking, as well as just the simple things that you may not even think about, like extra blankets, heavier winter clothing. Make sure that you're supplied with everything that you could possibly need to get through this winter. Everything from ice scrapers to maybe some rock salt to put out on your sidewalk. Think of everything and get outfitted now 
Don't wait until snow flies before you start getting ready for snow. Now, I don't know what's going to happen between now and the end of the year. Some people don't think much is going to happen, and other people think that the end of the world is at our doorstep. And I think it's somewhere in the middle, but I can't even begin to tell you where at in the middle. So, while you're prepping, think outside the box. Really turn on your own intellect, because you know what you need instinctively to get you through bad winters or hard times. This is something I want everyone to really pay attention to. The answers that you seek most generally lie within your own thought process and within your own heart. So trust yourself. Be your own best friend. Give yourself some great advice and take that advice and trust yourself and trust your gut. Because pretty soon, shows like mine might not be available. Because if they shut everything down and the power goes down and the grid goes off, it'll be really hard for anyone to get their shows out and probably impossible for them to even be aired. And so while you're prepping, one of the main things you can prep is your own mind. Really prepare yourself mentally for seeing things you don't want to see, hearing things you don't want to hear, and possibly doing things you really don't want to do. The old saying that he who hesitates is lost really applies here. You're going to have to be really fast on the draw. In other words, when a decision needs to be made, you're going to have to make it. You're going to have to make sure that your mental capacities are sharp enough that you can seize the moment. You can take charge and have a workable plan. Now, I know that it's really hard to get anyone on board. That's one thing that is probably the most frustrating thing over this whole mess that we've had since the globalists have declared war on the common people of the whole world and unleashing this COVID-19 nightmare. I really do believe that there's many people who are having friendship problems and marriage issues and issues with their families, their co-workers, because a lot of people refuse to believe there's anything wrong. And also, on the other side, there's a lot of people that think that the world is going to end tomorrow. You're going to have to really hone in on your social skills as far as getting anyone, possibly within your own family, to buy in and to take what you feel in your gut to take that serious. And that could be a big problem. And so we have to kind of have a leather skin. We have to toughen up because we have to realize that not everyone is willing to see what's going on, and some of them can't see it, no matter how much you point it out. So as you prep for yourself, you're also going to have to prep for family members that really aren't on board, and that could be really tricky. It takes an awful lot of patience to prep the correct way. You can't just shoot from the hip and go out and start spending money because you're going to run out of money and possibly not have everything covered. And so you're going to have to sit down and really put some thought to this and make some lists. But don't just make the lists and have them on your counter. Once you get a plan together, you execute that plan. You make sure that everything on that list that you could afford, you have it in your possession as soon as possible. And so if you anticipate you need some new shoes for winter, put them on the list. 
If you need some extra pairs of gloves, put them on the list. If you don't have any alternative ways to light your house, such as candles or kerosene lanterns, put them on the list. If you already burn wood, make sure you have enough wood to last you the entire winter. Make sure you have it now. Make sure you have a few spare bottles of propane and a simple propane burner that you can use that as a cook stove. Just make sure if you're using an alternative way to cook your food that you follow every safety precaution. There's a multitude of ways to prep, and it's going to take some deep thinking for you to think it all the way through. So in a quiet time in the morning or possibly before you go to bed, go ahead and think about what prepping that you need to do and how you're going to accomplish it. Well, I hope someone got something from the show today. I really am serious. We really need to prepare. We need to buckle down and make it happen. If you've been on the fence, please get off the fence. And I would ask all of my listeners to please consider donating to keep this show on the air. If you like the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show, you need to know that the only reason you're hearing this is because I am buying the airtime out of my own pocket to give you this information for free. And if I'm to continue these broadcasts, I'm going to need a few more people to donate. I realize the economy is pretty tough right now. But I truly feel in my heart that I am making a difference in some people's lives. And so again, I would ask you to please consider donating because I want to continue my work in trying to help as many people as possible. And any donation is appreciated, no matter how small. I take checks and money orders and cash, and you would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media, and you would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. And again, your support is very much needed and very much appreciated. Again, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. And I really do enjoy bringing this show to you. And so until next time, get prepared. Really, honestly, get prepared. Stay strong. Stay safe. Keep your powder dry. But most important, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.